Dewey Do, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stephan, alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. Episode 18 of the What Do We Do podcast. It's Bogey and Dewey here at Great Lakes Wealth. And uh, Dewey, September has been a very weird month. Before we dive into the topic of the day, because it, it is exciting. I know you got a lot to say on it. But man, has the market been volatile here so far in September. It has, absolutely. We talked about this a few weeks ago that uh, this is to be expected. So, you know, hope you have your seatbelt on and the uh, wild ride really probably goes up until the election. So we've got one more month to go. But uh, yes, this is the way it is. Now, if we didn't have COVID going on and we didn't have the election coming up in November, do you think that this month of September would be just as volatile as it has been, or, or do you think it'd be a little bit different? No, I think as we talked about before, yeah. that historically September is the worst month out of the 12th. So to be expected, on top of the fact that April, May, June, July, and August were all positive uh, months for the market back to back to back to back. And so... Um, no, I mean, this is something that you should expect as an investor, and you should expect it at least through the election, if not, probably through the end of the year. All right, so we'll dive right into the, the topic of the day, and that is going to be cash alternatives. And we have a lot of different ways that we're going to go about you know, kind of getting into this. And by the way, we appreciate everyone subscribing, downloading, sharing, uh, interacting with the What Do We Do podcast, and of course, with Great Lakes Wealth. And as always, if you want more information, you can certainly go to greatlakeswealth.us. Dewey and his team have an unbelievable compilation of uh, information if you're looking to find out a little bit more and, and honestly learn kind of like I've been doing on this podcast. So uh, first things first, want to make sure we say that. Absolutely. And above everything else we talk about, always refer to our website, greatlakeswealth.us. There are calculators, there are presentations, we have videos, we have uh, market news, we have current uh, environment information. So please refer to there. And uh, we're happy to share all that we have with this wonderful community. So let's jump right in on cash alternatives here, okay? And at the risk of being vulnerable, at the risk of sounding stupid, and I've... I've asked a million questions so far through all these episodes on the podcast. I'm trying to grow and learn because you're the expert, and this is not my world. Sports are my world. So cash alternatives. In your mind, financial expert, wealth manager, what does that mean? So it means, just as it says, an alternative to cash, right? A traditional portfolio may be built with stocks, bond, cash, or stocks, bond, cash, real estate, maybe some gold and precious metals. You can add on to the, the broad categories, right? Mm -hmm. But along the uh, way, you're going to have some cash. Either you sell something and you're sitting on cash, or again, you have the cash already and you're looking to find the opportunity to buy and invest the cash. Fair? Mm -hmm. Okay. So all that to say, cash, is what it is, cash. And so you have choices. Take your cash, put it in the cookie jar or under the mattress. How much is that going to earn you an in interest, Kyle? It's just going to sit there. Sit it's there. not going to do anything. And right, and it might not be uh, very safe. You know, uh, If a burglar comes by your house and happens to look under your mattress, there it takes your cash. 
right? That's why you got to find a good hiding spot. You know, I think that's very important we detail that today. Absolutely. If you're going to hide cash in your house, you got to make sure that nobody can find it. Well, and I think that is a topic for another uh, <laughs> podcast, but for sure, there are people who, yeah. who pass away and their families go in and they do. They see, you know, cash uh, rolled up in the, you know, the bed frame or up in the attic or whatever. So absolutely. So again, keeping cash, if it's not in a bank or at an, a financial institution, it does not pay any interest, right? So you don't earn anything on it. And it certainly becomes somewhat unsafe, if you will, in terms of it could be stolen, but it's certainly just, you know, let's say there's a fire. Um, let's just say that you forget where you put it. So again, um, having cash is important, especially when you have a volatile market like now. There is that quote, and you know I love quotes, cash is king, right? So there are periods of time that cash could be king. This might be one. So if that's the case and you have cash or are looking to you know, keep your cash, you might want to find the best opportunity to either keep it liquid, make you as much interest, or have it you know, able to be transferred from one place to the other, all that. See, that's a perfect way to start. And, and you mentioned the market, you know, and obviously over the last, what, five months, six months, whatever it's been, you know, there's been people like me, I'm sure, you know, some of your clients, I'm sure you've been doing it as well, you know, trying to take advantage of the unfortunate circumstance that we have going on in this country and trying to make money in the market, right? Obviously, we saw some positive months go out there in a row, but say what, I guess, what percentage or how much money should you get to in your savings account or have in your bank where you get to a point and you go, okay, I need to invest this elsewhere. I need to put this into a market. We talk about the rainy day fund and making sure you have three to six months of your bills paid. I'm assuming you don't touch that. So this is essentially cash that you have on top of the rainy day fund that you're figuring out what to do with. Maybe, maybe not, right? So again, it depends on what the purpose is of your cash. So every asset allocation, that's the, the word, the phrase that we'll talk about, asset allocation, is the allocating of your assets. So again, your cash, your stocks, your bonds, your collectibles, your real estate, et cetera, right? So, the um, alternatives to cash. The yeah. alternatives <laughs> to cash, exactly. So it normally would be just cash, keep cash. We, we say that back in the year... 1999 or 2000, the average bank account in the country paid around 5% interest. So you kept cash in the bank. Every 100000 in the bank paid around $5,000 a year in interest, right? Not a bad place to keep your cash, right? Well, now if you put money in the bank, the average is about 0.2. So for every 100000 that's in the bank now, you only get $200 a year of interest on that same amount. Does it make some sense? Yeah, it's a huge difference. Right? It's crazy. So, um, again, you want to find an alternative to that. So, typically, it might be a bond. So, usually you have stocks, bonds, and cash, right? Mm-hmm. So, a bond may pay more interest than 0.2, and usually they do. But then you have to uh, have a period of time that it's locked up for. So, bonds might be a one-month bond, a one-year bond, a five-year bond, right? And those could be treasury bonds. Uh, CDs are certificates of deposit. They're... You should call them bonds issued by a bank, but that's not to be con- con- confused with actual bonds that are issued by a bank. So, again, CDs uh, would be one sort of a fixed income instrument, traditional bonds, maybe treasury bonds, corporate bonds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, cash pays nothing, basically, and you want to try to find something keeping an interest. You want to try to find something in interest keeping your 
money safe. Kind of a teeter-totter, right? but growing, essentially, is what you're kind of going for. Well, again, in general, you have to keep it safe or grow it. You don't get to do both. It's either keep it safe and earn nothing or grow it and deal with the ups and downs, and whether that's this current period we're in. And so we have very specific alternatives to just sitting in cash that uh, we want to talk about today. So what would you say is the most common, I guess, that, that people you know enter into as a cash alternative? Well, we'll talk about a host of them. Let's go from like maybe the uh, safest alternatives out to ones that we consider cash alternatives, but might have a little bit of risk. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we'll kind of go fast. Maybe we we'll stop and see if there's any questions or dialogue along the way. But you have cash, and that would be in a checking account at the bank. Okay. A checking account usually pays zero. Maybe in the old days, they gave you a toaster. Maybe now, if you bring your dog with you, they give him or her a bone, right? But in general, checking accounts don't pay any interest. They give you a free checkbook. Fair? Yeah. Okay. Then the Wait, next... what's a checkbook? Okay. Well, kidding. same thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. The times are changing. Yeah. Uh, besides then the checking account would be the savings account. Okay. And they used to call them pass book savings accounts and they would stamp this book um, back in the day, but it was a checking account paid no interest. Savings account would pay a little bit of interest at the same bank, but you again had to move it from your savings to your checking to do your transaction. Right. So the money that's sitting there in the savings account, they paid you a little bit of interest, but it was a little bit less easy to move. Does that make some sense? Yep. Okay. The third one that now is really prevalent is called the money market. Have you heard of money market? I have. Okay. So that's also available at a bank. And then they're also available outside of a bank at uh, mutual fund companies or other investment companies. And so you can get a money market at a bank, which is, pays a little bit more interest typically than a savings account. They have other rules. There's only so many withdrawals per month. You have to keep a minimum balance, etc. So now you have checking, savings, money market at a bank. And then outside of the bank, you'll start to move to, again, uh, brokerage firms or other institutions that have these money market mutual funds. And then those are not FDIC insured. Everything at a bank is certainly FDIC insured, right? And there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a reason why you put it there because if everything gets shut down or locked down, then you're guaranteed your money back by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Makes you feel comfortable. Makes you yeah. feel good, right? Mm-hmm. So at the bank, you can then move from money market to CDs, certificates of deposit. And that's where you would, again, keep your cash at the local bank. Nowadays, you can actually do online banking. I'm sure you know there are some banks that even don't have brick and mortar locations. And so it's an online bank. And again, as long as you're willing to, you know, wire them or ACH electronically move your money to them, they will perhaps give you even a higher rate than your neighborhood bank. So these are things that you should consider. We uh, recommend a website, bankrate.com, for anything having to do with current rates and where you can go and see different things. There are certainly other ones out there, but bankrate.com kind of gives you a pretty broad landscape. Make some sense? Yeah. I mean, so as far as a money market is concerned, you know, specifically, how does that work? How is it decided? This is the you know percentage interest rate. I guess how how is that figured out? That's a great question, and uh, institutions can kind of come up with whatever they want. So, On an institution-by-institution institution basis? Bank-by-bank okay. bank basis, gotcha. for sure. They will use the Federal Reserve as a guideline, right? There's a overnight lending rate. There are these uh, Federal Federal Reserve overnight interbank rates. They have a lot of different rates that they will use as kind of their benchmark. But you'll see a lot of times a teaser rate. So if you go to a local bank here, you might see a 1.5%, 1.5% money market special. And so they're actually losing money relative to the money that the bank keeps at the Federal Reserve because they're trying to entice you to come on in and uh, put the money on deposit. So there can be teaser rates and that sort of thing if you follow along uh, with what I'm saying. And so you have uh, checking accounts, you have 
savings accounts, you have money markets, and you have CDs at the bank. And then if you want to move away from the bank, whether it's at your brokerage firm, whether that's Great Lakes Wealth, Fidelity, an online uh, broker dealer, you can have uh, money market mutual funds. They also have cash accounts. But then you can get into these other things, you know, called treasuries, U.S. treasuries that you can buy um, either direct from the Federal Reserve or from your you know, investment professional. You also have mutual funds and ETFs that are considered ultra short, meaning that they're very uh, low duration, meaning a short period of time. And um, they're, you know, a step away from cash and a money market. But now we're getting into interest rates that instead of getting you 0.2, which is maybe the current average at a bank, 0.2, (laughs) you now can maybe get close to two. So 0.2 to 2 is a significant amount higher. If you have a million dollars, that's the difference between you know $2,000 and $20,000. So that's significant, right? So there are exciting things to talk about. There is greater return with some alternatives, but certainly uh, amounts of risk that you also have to pay attention to. Okay, so we're going to run through you know quite a few of these. I guess what would be next? You know, as we you know describe this. Well, you have again your uh, savings instruments from a bank. Then you have your U.S. Treasuries, and then Treasuries can be a T bill. So you might have a ninety day T bill, right? So all of these things start with, I guess, the liquidity or lack thereof. Follow me. Mm-hmm. You go to a bank and you write a check off of your account, or go to the bank, hit that ATM to pull some of that money out. What's that stuff that comes out of the machine? Uh, do they call it cash? Cash. Is that what it is? Right? You're yeah. back to the cash. I haven't touched cash in a long back time. Back to the cash. Yeah. Right. So treasuries or things from the bank, cash alternatives, as we're talking about, treasuries could be a uh, 90 day T bill. So you can't touch it for 90 days. You can get a three month CD also 90 days. Your money's in and it's tied up. You can't touch it for that period of time. They will let you pull it out, you know, without penalty. Just don't make any interest. So it's not technically locked and you can't get it. Right. But the more that you'll freeze your money or lock it up, the more that they will pay you an interest. The current rates right now for a one-year treasury, okay, you put your money with the U.S. government for a year, it could be $10,000, could be $10 million, et cetera. For one year, the Federal Reserve will give you 0.13% on your money, 0.13 for a year. Okay, on a million dollars, that's $1,300 for a year. Yeah, got a lot of money to on do anything, but... <laughs> that's $130 of interest. Fair? So not much. But yeah. it's guaranteed and you don't have to go to a bank. The Federal Reserve will hold it for you. Fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. A year ago, it was 1.88. Right? So it's dropped because, again, COVID-19 and all that's going on, the Federal Reserve, the uh, U.S. government has put you know things in place, has been aggressive at helping keep the economy afloat. And the one way you do it is you lower interest rates. It costs to borrow money. The lower that is, the easier it is to borrow. So you'll spend, but it also the amount um, it is that you save. Do you expect that to continue for a while? Or is that you know as soon as this is over, things will get back to normal? Or will it take a few years based on what we've, we've dealt with? Yeah. Uh, Fed Chairman Powell, a few weeks ago at that Jackson Hole uh, virtual conference that we talked about. He said that they anticipate uh, keeping rates uh, here for several years out to 2022. And so rates are close to zero. So that means if you're borrowing, again, it's great. 
But if you're saving, it's not so great. <laughs> not so great, yeah. Right? So again, you have, uh, we'll go fast with these numbers, but a year ago, a one-year treasury yielded 1.88% on your money. Now it's 0.13. A 10-year treasury, a 10-year treasury note was 1.79 a year ago, and that actually was called an inverted yield yield curve. We won't talk about that, but 1.79 uh, a year ago for a 10-year treasury. Now it's 0.7. So if you want to t- put your money away, lock it up with the government for 10 years, they will pay you 0.7 per year on your money. Uh, not very much. Again, back in uh, 2000, it would have been 5% per year. Okay, so that's the again mortgages are lower. Everything else to borrow is lower, but savings is lower. So the next category within treasuries is actually um, the amount of time, ninety day T bill, to a thirty year U.S. government bond. So you can give the money and have it safe, guaranteed for you know one month actually out to thirty years, right? Besides U.S. Treasuries, the traditional ones, there are these ones that are called TIPS, T-I-P-S, which stands for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. So they have a special type of government bond that if inflation goes up, then the bond should pay more interest relative to inflation. That was important when we thought rates would go up. Because if rates are going to go up or inflation's going to go up, then again, if you have a treasury that keeps up with inflation, then you might be better off. So there is another category of U.S. treasuries called uh, TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Okay, there's also ones that are called agencies. There are these other ones that are called Fannie Mae and Ginny Mae. So there's a lot of sub types of government bonds and uh, government related instruments. Okay, sure. Now, real quick, and we can get back to, you know, to combing through this. I know there's a lot of different layers to it, but, and again, this is at the risk of sounding, you know, like an idiot, but Little Bogey didn't pay very good attention to, uh, in all these uh, birthday presents where he was getting bonds from uh, grandma and grandpa. Uh, Maybe it was explained to him and he just wasn't listening. I don't know, but... How do bonds specifically work, I guess? Great question. Without getting too complicated. I don't want to yeah, so a bond <laughs> hijack is, the podcast So here. a bond is known as a debt instrument or an obligation. So a bond is known as an obligation. And so if you give your money to the government, they owe you that money back plus interest. You're basically loaning it to them, okay? So a stock switching gears, if you Mm. invest, you own part of the company. They don't owe you anything. You're just in there and hope it works out. If you get a loan, you are, in essence, giving an organization the money. Mm -hmm. They're borrowing it from you. You're giving them a loan. They're using it however they want to do it. They guarantee you to pay back the interest, right? So in the younger bogey days, you went to your dad and say, hey, pops, I need five grand. Can I borrow it? And he's like, I love you, son, so you can have it for no interest. But actually, he said, no, 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 son, for sure. But you got to pay the going rate of interest. It ain't the bank of dad, pal. Do you follow me? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's kind of what a bond is. So it's a debt obligation of the issuer of the organization that Mm -hmm. promises you, you your money back plus that interest. Do, do the interest rates change year over year? So, yes. So, that's so often. Okay. So for yeah. sure, right? So your credit card rate changes and yeah. bonds and CDs, all these things change. Some change daily, some change weekly. A lot of it again, is benchmarked by the Federal Reserve. There's you know two rate. One in America that we use mostly is the prime rate. If you're familiar with the prime rate, there's also the LIBOR rate. So if you have a mortgage, you're familiar with the prime rate in America or the LIBOR rate. We won't get into the weeds on that sure. stuff. Yeah. But anyway, interest rates can change. Again, we said there were almost two percent a year ago for a one-year treasury or CD. Now it's a decimal points, almost nothing. So 
Hence, you find a financial advisor sure. or do your research. If we can find uh, solutions that are cash alternatives that are paying 2% as opposed to 0.2%, that's extremely valuable. It's extremely valuable to the investor because maybe they don't want to be in the market. But I don't want to lose my money in the market, but I also don't want to lose any interest that I could get somewhere else. So what options are there? So usually, and we talked about this in the past, with income investing, the more interest someone will pay you, the probably the more risk associated. So you have the bank, which guarantees everything with the FDIC insurance. You have other types of cash equivalent money markets and other pretty liquid and safe securities, ultra short treasury funds, bond funds, etc. corporate bonds. Another quick one, Coca-Cola, Nike. Those are corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they're going out of business anytime soon? Uh, probably not. Probably not, but they could, <laughs> yeah. right? They very much could. General Motors filed bankruptcy in 2008. We've had dozens of bankruptcies this year, again, due to COVID, right? Sure. So uh, if Nike or Coca-Cola or another corporation wants money, needs money, so they might issue some bonds. You can invest with them, and they'll have to pay you typically more than the U.S. government would because there's no FDIC insurance, there's no government insurance, et cetera, right? So, again, we can go on and on and on. Yeah. But the basic category are uh, bank instruments. Then they're just outside the bank instruments. might be from the U.S. government. But then there's uh, money market mutual funds. There's also short-duration corporate bonds, ultra-short bonds and bond funds. You also have another category called municipal bonds. Have you heard about these? I've heard of them. I don't know anything about them. Okay, so we just talked about bonds. Right, and all those bonds we talked about, you pay taxes on the interest that you make. You have to pay mm-hmm. taxes. This is America, of course. Yeah, right. So <laughs> it's very exciting. Bonds, I love paying this taxes. Is big time. Man. This is big it's time. Awesome. Big time finance right here. <laughs> so if you make interest on your bonds, you have to pay interest income. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's whether it's in a bank or um, through another instrument. Okay. However, there's a category called tax free municipal bonds, and it can be a tax-free municipal bond fund, but the category of tax-free municipal bonds says that if you give your money or invest, again, with a municipality, a state or national recognized investment product or uh, institution, if you will, then the interest that you receive, the payments you receive back are free of tax. They're either state-exempt or maybe even federal-exempt from taxes. Hmm. So we have this thing called the tax equivalent yield, because do you happen to know what the current uh, highest tax rate in America is, Bogey? Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't well, even know if I could guess a ballpark. Well, you're going to need to know for the election, so switching <laughs> gears, again, some of the candid- some of the, uh, the dialogue for the two candidates is based upon tax rates for the rich, tax sure. rates for the poor, etc., right? So the current high tax rates in America- Was it 33%? You're close. 37. Okay. It was up to 39.6. And then two years ago, the uh, tax structure was amended. So the highest one right now is 37%. And basically, that's for individuals making over 500000 a year. But that's the highest tax. So rate. not me. Okay. 37%, right? Yeah. But if you make $100,000 in all of your interest, all of your all of your investments, right? You make 100000 and it's taxed at a 37% rate before your deductions and all the rest. So that stuff, how much of that is uh, in taxes? 
How much money? How, yeah, how much do you have to pay in taxes? If you have $100,000 in your interest profit, $37,000. $37,000. That I mean, goes to crazy. the government, right? Yeah. So almost 40%. You're working all, for them. People okay. love to say that. <laughs> well, again, that's, again, if you're in the highest <laughs> yeah. tax bracket. Sure. So now, though, if you can take and invest in these municipal bonds, and so maybe they don't pay quite as much interest. So now, all of a sudden, though, instead of making $100,000 of interest, mm-hmm. which is taxed at 37%, yep. which, again, means that you have to pay how much in taxes? $37,000. Okay, so that means you get to keep how much? $63,000. $63,000. Good job. <laughs> ding, 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 right? Okay, so now I say you have an, an, another alternative. Uh-huh. Okay, you can put the hundred. You can put your investments into municipal bonds, and you're only going to get $75,000 back that year in interest, okay. as opposed to the 100000 in the other side. But you're going to be taxed less. But you're going to be taxed at zero. <laughs> how about you're taxed at zero? So how much do you get to um, keep out of the 75000 75000 So what's a greater number, 75000 or 63000 Uh I would take the 75 please. Okay, Thank great. You. So that's where, again, in that scenario, tax-free municipal bond investing would, uh, at the bottom line, benefit the investor more than the taxable bond investor solution. Does that make sense? Yeah, it just depends okay. on how much you're bringing in. Right. So yeah. that's a whole other category, tax-free municipal bonds. So sure. if tax rates go up and you're in a certain tax category, then you'll be more inclined to look for tax-free investments. Awesome. But also, they may have additional risks. So please consult your professional tax advisor, as well as your professional investment advisor to understand the details to what we're talking about. All right. I know we have a couple of lists that, that you want to get to. Is there anything else that you want to add to this conversation before we move on to those? I think we're all set. I think that um, there are time frames that you want to consider when you're talking about cash and cash alternatives. If you need liquidity, right? If you need the money because you have payroll to make on Friday if you own a business, if you need it because you're closing on your house in two days, then you can't tie it up, right? So liquidity is a very important part of cash and cash alternative investing. So the liquidity, so your time frame would be uh, daily. And then maybe it's one to three months, and then it's uh, usually you know three months to a year, and then it's one to two years, and then two years and beyond. And so the um, the investment opportunities there, or the products, or the solutions, really start with how much time you can have your cash invested or locked up, and then it becomes to the safety and what instrument you're going into. Is it insured? Is it guaranteed? Uh, the degrees that are of risk that are there, very important. And so uh, please do your homework, talk to a professional to find out exactly what options might be best for you as you know the uh, cash alternative investor. But when cash is paying zero in a bank, close to it, try to find something else a little more beneficial to you. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times that we're in here in 2020. Do you want financial freedom? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions, utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. We build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. 
they offer better investments, better service, and a feedback guarantee. Okay, a feedback guarantee. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. Perfect transition. So I, I know you have a couple of uh, you know lists that you uh, want to run through here. So five reasons why cash is still king, as people love to say. Fantastic. Bogey, I almost forgot I had these two lists. This is going to make the show. Oh, man, this is fantastic. Okay, five reasons why cash. Let's start with this, okay? Pandemic is here, right, Kyle? So we have the COVID-19 pandemic. You familiar? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, there has actually been Although it's a, been much better of late than, than it was. The obviously. pandemic appears to be in some regards, but yes. not necessarily with small businesses and oh, all the rest yeah. of it. So that's, all those effects are only going to continue. So we're yeah. going to do a quick plug here to please support your local community, shop local business, do all that you can to be a good neighbor to your neighborhood. 100%. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. But if if you um, have been out at all shopping, you'll see signs that say, when paying for your order, please use exact change or use you know, a credit or debit card. Have you seen this at all out there? I haven't seen the sign, but I do know, I mean, there's plenty of businesses that are rounding up for, you can donate to charities, you can, you know, things of that nature, yes. Yes. So there has been a national cash and coin shortage due to COVID-19. The Federal Reserve mentioned that Initially, it was because people thought that the virus might be on your bills and on the coins. And as you're handing it to people, now all of a sudden we're passing around the potential virus. Fair. And, and that's why you got to get your Great Lakes Wealth uh, hand sanitizer. Fantastic. Right there. Bingo. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. For sure. <laughs> and so with, uh, we got Sully in the control room. He just fell over laughing. Unbelievable. The control room. That's, He's sitting right next to us. That's fantastic. You know, fantastic. So, um, uh, yeah. So actually, there is a national coin shortage. Okay. There is $47.8 billion of coins in circulation around the country. Yet when you go to certain places, they say, please give exact change. We won't give you any. We don't have the capability to give you change back. So uh, all that to say that the adage of cash is king, maybe in today's day and age when there's electronic payments, there's Venmo, there's PayPal, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Follow me. Maybe we'll do an up. Uh, an episode upcoming about Bitcoin and other crypto. I've been waiting to do an episode about There's cryptocurrency. A I have no idea what it actually is. I still think it's fake. There's anyway, a little teaser. So we will do a digital asset, also known as cryptocurrency podcast coming in the next few weeks, okay? So there's a little teaser there. But in today's day and age, I was able to find five reasons why cash is still king and five reasons why cash is no longer king, okay? Okay. We're going to go through them both and let everyone just decide on their own where they may fall, okay? (laughs) So the five reasons that cash is still king would be, one, it's accepted almost anywhere, okay? Including other countries. It's known as a currency around the world. Mm-hmm. Fair? Yep. Number two, it's useful in emergencies. If you need something for a buck or for five bucks or for a $20 bill, it's useful for emergencies. Everyone always says, keep $100 under that mattress. I always say, put it in the freezer. Roll up a couple hundreds, put it in the freezer. Now I got to change my spot. Now I told the whole listening audience, but 
So it's useful in emergencies, okay? Number three, you might get a discount. They always say, get a discount, pay for cash. Gas stations. Gas stations. Less per example. gallon if you pay cash. Ten cents on yeah. average, right? Yep. For sure. So and you, that's significant. Sig- absolutely. Yeah. It is. I, mean, I, agree I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. The next one is, you'll spend less. An MIT research study found that people who use cash instead of a credit card use less. See, why do you think that is? Well, because I've heard the same thing. Yeah, because if you got a credit card with a twenty-five thousand dollars limit, you, you can just spend kinda, up to twenty-five. You're just G's. doing it, and you don't even see it. And then at the end of the month, you see what you did, look at the damage, and you pay it. Yeah. Whereas I guess with cash, you want you're like, whoa. Say you say you had four hundred dollars to spend that week, and you you know dinner, uh, maybe you went and got gas, you know drinks, whatever it might be, and all of a sudden you're looking at it going, man, I only have one hundred and thirty bucks left, and I still got three days left in the week. You might you might be hesitant. To continue spending, I guess. Yeah. I, so if yeah. you don't have if you don't have credit cards yeah. or don't have plastic, you can only spend what's in your pocket. Yeah, fair sure. enough. Yeah, right. So that's a very good way to force yeah. save. Okay. Another one, you won't run up that same lines. You can't run up any debt if you don't have any, you know, credit card balances. If mm-hmm. you're not using a credit card, very simple. And then the, the last one that we'll go with today, your purchases will stay private. A lot of people like to pay in cash because they don't want a record of what they bought and how they bought it. You know what I mean? I'm not sure about you, but if I'm going to go buy, uh, you know, brand new golf clubs, you know, and they come to the house and uh, your significant other is like, uh, I didn't see this on the credit card bill. And Mm -hmm. you're like, I know. I went to Carl's Golf Land and paid cash. (laughs) That's why you run those through the country club. Okay. Okay. Run that on that account. You keep the clubs at the club, okay, inside your locker, and they never have to see it. Not that I do that. Uh, again, there's just... But the, I heard people might. Yes, your purchases stay Other private. Yeah. Purchases stay private. So, now there are five reasons why cash is no longer king, okay? One, it's not easily recovered. If you lose your money, there's no record or no way to cancel that transaction or find where the last transaction happened because it's... It's gone. It's cash. True. Right? He who holds the cash holds the cash. Mm-hmm. Right? Number two, there's less chance of a crime. You know, if you don't have cash, what are they going to rob you for? Your credit card? I guess. Well, sh- I guess we shouldn't say that, but yes. Right? Sure, I guess. But you you call and report it stolen. And that's bam, right. It's exactly over. right. So, so crime goes down if you don't use cash or have cash. So mm-hmm. that's another one. And it is not, cash is not convenient for big purchases, right? You can't really go out and... Uh, Pay, I guess you could pay cash for a car or something like that, but it's a little inconvenient. Fair enough? Yeah, it'd be a little heavy. Okay. Heavier than a credit card, that's for sure. Yep, that's it. And then uh, they say that you can't use it online. So unless you use a cash card, you can't make purchases online mm-hmm. with cash. Yeah. Right? Venmo, PayPal, et cetera, right? And the final one is, and I know this is uh, important today, cash is dirty. <laughs> Researchers from New York University recently conducted the first comprehensive genome study of the DNA found on money, and you would not believe what they found. Can I share that with you, Kyle? Uh, Go ahead. I I don't usually carry cash, so that's okay. Their their findings reveal that there were 3,000 types of bacteria on a set of $1 bills. Among the microorganisms found on the bills, species that caused Acne, gastric ulcers, and food poisoning. I just put hand sanitizer on. Just just do listening it. to you say that. Okay. Just 
do it. <laughs> yes. So those are five reasons why maybe you don't need yeah. cash as much as you used to. Really quick here as we wrap things up. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where cash is gone? I think it'll be way past our lives really? if that happens for sure. I mean, they used to pass around, you know, um, um, necklaces and furs, and yeah. then it was gold. So there probably will be everything's digital for sure, but it would be generations and generations from now, in my humble opinion. Hmm. Yes. So um, I think that does it for today's episode. What do you think? Heck yeah. No, I thought that was great, informative. I learned a lot. Little Bogey in his uh, bond collecting uh, over the years learned a lot as well. I'm looking forward to uh, cashing those in someday. I am also looking forward to finally getting to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and learning a little bit more about that. We'll do that in the coming episodes on the What Do We Do podcast. Fantastic. And you know what? This The perfect way to wrap up today would, would, would be with a quote from Johnny Cash. <laughs> okay? Johnny Cash. You know who he is? The man in black? The oh, heck yeah. The oh, man yeah. in black? Oh, yeah. Johnny Cash was quoted as saying, All your life, you will be faced with a choice. You can choose love or hate. I choose love. Okay? <laughs> the great Johnny Cash to wrap it up. <laughs> See you next time. We're just getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.